Hey, everybody, and welcome to Ben and Nate's Questions That We Ask People on the Internet. I'm one half of your host, Nate Fay. I'm a licensed massage therapist with over 20 years of private practice. I'm also an osteopath, as well as a master myoskeletal therapist. And when I'm not in my private practice, I'm on the road presenting for Eric Dolan and the Freedom from Pain Institute. Hey everyone, I am the other half of your co-host, Ben Stone. I've been a licensed massage therapist for over 20 years. I have a wide range of experience in the massage world from working as an employee to owning my own massage practice where we employed several massage therapists. I hold the title of Master Myoskeletal Therapist and I value learning above all else. And that's why I love making this show with Nate. And hey, Nate, we have a disclaimer alert. Disclaimer alert, disclaimer alert. The opinions and views shared on the Nate and Ben show are our own and do not represent the opinions of any other person or organization that we may be affiliated with, work for, or contract with. The main purpose of this show is for entertainment and education, and if you feel that you are entertained or educated in any way, please let us know. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 11 of Ben and Nate's Questions That We Ask on the Internet. How are you doing this week, Ben? Hey, I'm doing really good. It's cold here. I know it's cold a lot around a lot of the country right now. How are you handling uh, this weather? Time and temperature check. <laughs> It's 837 and it's 17 degrees. And we got you beat. We're at 21 degrees. 21 degrees out there in flyover country. And yeah, we had we had two snow events over the over the course of the past week. So it's our first couple snowstorms in the last uh, two years. Well, tell me something good that's happened to you out of this whole snowstorm week or two that we've had. Well, something good. Um, let's see. You know, I've got four classes on the books between March and April. I just found out last night uh, my class in Delaware is officially sold out. So that was good news. That was great to hear. That's fantastic. Where can people find out more information about your classes? You can uh, go on ericdalton.com and click on the workshops page. And I'll be in Warwick, Rhode Island in March, which uh, still has openings as we speak right now. Delaware sold out, and then I'll be out in San Francisco, California. And then I'm doing an AMTA event up in New Hampshire uh, in April as well. I'm just going to let everybody know that these events are going to sell out. So if you are watching or listening to this podcast, Yes, get on there and get registered before it's too late. Love it, buddy. What's the best thing that's happened to you this past week? Oh, man, there's lots of stuff, but same thing, snow. So I've gotten some exercise, clearing out a lot of snow. And for those of you that are listening to this and are massage therapists, and if you've gotten snow in your region of the country, it's probably the number one thing that we've heard in our practice over the past two weeks with clients coming in. Oh, yeah, low backs. I hate to say it, but these are the type of things that keep us in business. I heard the same story about 45 times in the past week and a half. (laughs) Same. Absolutely. Well, hey, we've got an episode today where we're kind of talking about myths and how to handle those with our customers and uh, with other massage therapists. But before we get too deep into that, I got a question for you. You know, I always like to ask questions. Let me hear it. Where does a myth buster sleep? Where does a myth buster sleep? In debunk bed. I dig it. Oh, man. (laughs) That was a joke grenade. I had a delayed laugh on that one. That was good. (laughs) So what was the question this week? What was the question that we posed this week on the internet? Here's the question straight from the internet. What are some myths surrounding massage therapy and how do you work to dispel these myths? So, you know, I always like to ask you, Nate, what, what's the reason behind wanting to ask this question? Give me your thoughts. Well, I was, um, I was, 
you know, since you and I have been doing this and it's, we've opened up a lot of good conversations about how the massage world has, has evolved. And, you know, certainly I could put myself back into school 20 years ago and think about some of the things that I was told as a massage therapist, for instance, you know, don't push on certain points or, you know, if, if somebody's pregnant that you could, you know, somehow eject the baby, if you will, or, you know, that the, the cut, the, the uh, ever uh, eternal conversation about toxins, it got me thinking, you know, what are some myths that surrounded massage therapy at one time, perhaps in the early part of our career? And what are some myths that are possibly still out there? And when a client brings them to our attention, because clients do come in the door and they might say something to us like, hey, I need you to flush the toxins out of my body. What, what would we say to that? And that's just one example. That is interesting. I have never had someone come to me for a toxin flushing massage. But who knows? It could it could have happened to someone. Could very well happen. But I bet that you've probably had people say to you something along those lines, right? Yeah, we get those kind of questions. It's good to know how to deal with them. There's myths that, um, and it's not just in our world, by the way. It's you know, it's in it's in all aspects of the health and wellness industry. Why don't we start by separating what clients perceive, you know, in what they might bring to us, and what massage therapists have, either perpetuated or still talk about that still talk about or have talked about yeah and we had a response from someone who who brought up what clients usually bring up you want to talk about that a little bit yeah we had a couple responses this week that i that i liked and um this was a common one right no pain no gain you know hurt it's got to hurt to work and that, that's something that um you know definitely in the early part of my career that i heard and it's something that i still get once in a while today you know you can do your hardest deepest work you know i have no pain tolerance so doesn't matter if it hurts or not and that's going to solve my problem we have this term deep tissue massage i mean just the name alone people think well yeah i want if if they're offering deep tissue massage the harder, the better. What are your thoughts about that? Right. So that's a term that's been around for a long time. It's a term that I've used early on in my career. You know, back in the early days of working, working on patients, working on clients, I would do just that. I would work on them as hard as possible without any sort of objective or, or reason why, you know, dig my elbows, dig my knuckles into them, not say a word throughout the session and hope for an outcome. But, you know, years down the road, fast forward, huh, what a bummer in so many aspects, right? In the client's mind, they're laying there going, well, this really hurts and this person's hurting me. So I better just lay here and not say anything. And it's got to be beneficial. Yeah, it's got to be beneficial. Oh, my God, you know. <laughs> Knowing more about body work in general that we do now. How would you go about maybe um, dispelling a myth like this when someone comes into your office? When you build build sort of a, a name for yourself and you have clients that are, you know, word of mouth that I found that people have this sort of inherent, you know, trust already built into coming to see you. So there's this trust in you as a client or a practitioner, and they're going to trust that, um, you know, your work and your education is, is going to help them. So there's not, I don't really find this preconceived notion of clients telling me, um, coming in and, and saying that I have to do a specific type of massage in their mind. They just want to feel better. And however they think I'm going to do that, they, they trust that. But I had an experience last week where a woman did come in and she says, I, I just need a deep tissue massage. 
and it was a cold call. So there was no relationship there, right? So she was just a cold call. She didn't know anyone that came and saw me. I typically don't take on clients that are cold calls, you know, and that's one of the many reasons why, but I happened to take this person on, you know, she went on and on to say that, you know, she goes to different massage therapists and nobody, nobody can hurt her is, is, is the way she, and, and I was honest with her, right? I was honest at this point in my career. And I said, you know, I don't like to be too sciencey and educational at first. I don't want to come off too strong. I mean, my goal is to listen to somebody and hey, those are her needs in the moment. And without getting too off topic, we've talked about this before. It could very well be that, hey, I could do the greatest work ever. In her mind, it didn't hurt. And now she doesn't feel better. You know, after listening to her and um, I talked to her a little bit about the work that I do and, and I was honest with her. I said, you know, let's let's work through this together. You know, I always say we're a team and she had specific issues that she wanted me to address. You know, we started talking through when I started some techniques on her. At the end of the day, what I said to her in the beginning was, if I'm the therapist for you, great. If by the end of the session, this isn't what you need, no hard feelings, no harm, no foul. You know, I want these people to get the help that they want, whether it's in their head or not, regardless. But as we got into the session and she opened up a little bit more, you know, because, you know, I started working on it. She's like, this feels really good. This feels really effective. And she started to turn around. And I said, you know, and I, and I said, if you don't mind me, you know, being a little sciencey or, or talky about this, you know, and I usually like to ask people's permission on that. And she said, yeah. And I said, that was our old thinking right? That it had to hurt to work. So then I posed the question back to them and back to this person, if massage had to hurt to work, you would be better and maybe you wouldn't be here. So that's always one of my thoughts. If stuff like that worked, then why are you still seeking out therapy? That's my litmus test for everything. If it works, why aren't, why isn't it happening everywhere? Why aren't hospitals using it? Why isn't everybody doing it? Yeah. That would just prove that it worked. You wouldn't need a bunch of research to show that it worked. You would just have people getting better. Absolutely. You know, and that crosses over into the exercise in our fitness industry as well. So no pain, no gain. And meanwhile, you have a bunch of uh, bodybuilders or wannabe bodybuilders that are can't can't move for seven days after the workout. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good one. That's a, that's a classic myth that's probably been around since before you and I were born. Along those lines, I, I heard Tom Myers talk about this and I want to share this. I want to kind of paraphrase what he said. What he does is he compares depth of the work to sound. And so if you think about sound and, and turning up the volume as loud as it can go, it gets really loud, but the message gets distorted. And therefore you can't really hear the message, but it's loud. Mm. And what if we were able to dial in that, that volume to a level where we can, we can hear the message just fine, but we're not, you know, it's, it's, it's loud enough, but it's not distorted. Hey, I really like that. I haven't heard that before. And, you know, sometimes with that being said, right. You know, I might palpate a client's, you know, like a bone. And I'll say, hey, does that hurt? And they'll say no. And I'll say, that's your bone. That's pretty deep, right? <laughs> Something like that. And it doesn't mean that massage can't be intense at some time, at some points. We're not to the point where we're beating people up and leaving bruises. And that's that's not our Absolutely. What's another bullet point that we often hear? We got another one. Uh, 
massage and i started to bring this up in the beginning massage flushes toxins Ooh, and you know this i feel like this comes more from massage therapists than it does from the client's point of view mm -hmm. but i i have yet to see on someone's website that they offer a massage toxin flushing treatment right and what are these scary toxins anyway nobody can ever seem to talk about that and, and give a thorough thorough explanation so have you ever had a client come in and ask you if you if uh, you can flush out toxins personally have you ever had anyone say that to you i've never had anyone say that but i've had a lot of people regurgitate things that they'd heard from other massage therapists when they're getting ready to leave and we're getting checked out and they they say well i'll make sure i drink plenty of water to flush out all the toxins because they'd heard go. it from someone else before. Well, you know, drinking water is great because I get thirsty after a massage, but I don't know where, what toxins you're talking about, but okay. And that's another one too, by the way, that you brought up in line with that. I remember as a massage therapist, I mean, after our session back in the day, I felt like I had to hand a, hand a bottle of water to everybody. And one day I'm like, why am I doing this? You know, it's like so weird. You do this a little bit more than I do, but um, finding research to back up why and why not this stuff works. I don't memorize all of these, um, you know, studies and I don't refer to them very often. So I just want to put put the word out to everyone that if if we're not being sciencey enough, that's just because we don't have this stuff memorized. Um, but if you want to go go out and look for stuff, there's a website called painscience.com. Do you know that mm. that website? Yeah, I love yeah, I love his work. He does a really good job of showing research why or why not something is good for you. Great writer, great writer, and a huge benefit to not only our industry, but to other industries as well. Here's uh, one more I think that I wanted to bring up tonight and that I our school that uh, scared me for the first 12 years of my career, that there was a magical button on the body that could possibly induce labor, eject the baby, if you will scary stuff so the first time a pregnant client walked in i thought oh no i can't what am i gonna do wrong here <laughs> well, let me tell you i tested this because my sister was pregnant and she was about oh at least two weeks overdue and i said you know what i learned this thing <laughs> and i can help you have that baby and i right. touched all the spots that you're not supposed to touch <laughs> and you know what she didn't have the baby. Well, she had the baby three days later, but was it because of anything I did? Probably not. The baby's 23 year old, years old now, and she's doing great. No longer a baby. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one. There happened to be one year in my practice where I think I had probably, I think it was almost 13 of my regular clients that were all, I, I saw them all through their pregnancies. It was like pretty amazing. And uh, to go from to go from point A to point B, and uh, you know from month whatever we knew month two all the way up to month you know seven or eight, it was all good, man. And um, they would ask me though I could I can remember this was a few years ago, and they would come in and they would say you know hey my friend told me that I really shouldn't you know do this that it could be unsafe, and you know I said well you know you've known me for a long time, and you know safety is my number one priority, and my answer was always. If I could do that, I'd probably be working in a hospital making like three times as much money as I am now, you know, yeah. just, just pushing that button, man. <laughs> you know, the one thing that I am a little bit conservative with is if I have a new person who is pregnant and it is their first first child, I'm a little careful about doing anything in the first trimester, not because I'm worried about doing anything, 
but sure. the chances of a miscarriage are highest in those first first trimester. And I don't want to be I don't want to be anywhere close right. to that. I don't want to be blamed um, yeah. just because there are those myths out there. And now, oh, I got a massage. It must have been it must have been, been that. that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Always cover your assets. Yeah. Right. I don't want to be in that conversation. Definitely. Yep. I always cover my ground no matter what, myth or not. So yeah. good good key point there. All right, Ben. So uh, what else do you have for us? Well, here's one I came up with that I hadn't heard in a, in a while, but what about doing massage toward the heart? I forgot all about that one. That's an old one. Yeah. I remember hearing that in school. Then I forgot about it. And then I was working on people and I was like, oh man, their heart's probably going to explode. It's like, like the Kill Bill, Kill Bill episode. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna push the blood the wrong way, and I'm gonna ruin all the check valves inside the veins, and and it's gonna it's gonna be bad. Never happened. Never happened. And that's that's a I think that's a massage one as well. I don't think I've ever in uh, in my almost uh, 20 years, I don't think I've ever had a client come in and and uh, and question that and ask me about that. How about this is this is relatively newer, but how about and I get a lot of clients that ask for this. They want their fascia stretched. Yeah, that's so that's an interesting run right so that's kind of back to um clients preconceived notions of what we do or what we don't do so right no pain no gain um hey i just need you to work i just need you to work on my fascia because we can isolate that layer of fascia and just work on that not work on not work on any other soft tissue not any tendons muscles anything like that just the fascia we're just going to isolate it. You know, that one, that one, I, I, I kind of like uh, my no pain, no gain conversation, right? So that one, I say, okay, well, so then I like to dive into, um, you know, what did that feel like when you've gotten worked out, worked on in the past? And so I'll, I'll sort of hear what they're trying to say to me, you know, well, the therapist did that or that or the other thing. And I'll say, okay. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll begin my work. And as I'm getting into it, I start talking to people a little bit about how it's pretty difficult to just, you know, isolate one one layer. I like to throw in that I'm I'm touching you. I'm touching the human being that's on my table. You know, so it's a lot more than that. Starting with the skin and starting with the layers underneath. You know, people always kind of look up at me and have that little bit of a aha moment. But they still want to know how am I affecting that one whatever. And it could be fascia. Right. It could be one singular muscle that their friend told them the name of. What's your experience with that? You know, there's a lot of, of approaches to body work and massage where it is cut and dry. It is black and white. I do this test that tells me that this muscle is facilitated or inhibited and therefore it's shutting down this muscle, this muscle and this muscle all the way up the chain. And all I have to do is manually do this, this, and this. And it's almost like the person doesn't matter. I'm just going to do the work to the person and they could be in Jamaica, you know, or their mind could be in Jamaica and I'm just going to do this work. And guess what? Now you're better. And it just makes me think, what is it that we're doing? And we've talked about this before in, in some of our episodes is what is massage doing? And you could tell I get excited and I talk fast when, <laughs> when I get excited about this stuff yeah. because I'm passionate about um, the things I think about every day when I work with people is what are we really doing? What is massage work really doing? Are we lengthening fascia? Because sometimes some people believe that we're lengthening fascia. Okay, maybe, but I think that would be really hard. We can debate that somewhere else. But, you know, we also feel like we are lengthening or shortening muscles. You know, in the, in the same, you know, a muscle is made up, comprised of 30% fascia. It creates the, 
the scaffolding work for muscle to, to, to adhere to. So are we really lengthening or shortening muscle? But that's the stories we tell people. And there's a, there's a lot of, there is a lot of stories. And um, I want to back up for a minute, just what you said, because now you're getting me, I'm already excited, but now I'm getting even more excited. You know, that whole, that whole chat about uh, inhibiting and facilitating and all these fancy words and muscle testing, that's not the only sort of modality that does this, but I always step back with when I hear those conversations and I think to myself, who are you doing this for? Because you sound like you're doing it for yourself, right? And not the client. You know, mm -hmm. this sounds like it's all about you right now. I did this. I did that. It was real quick and simple. And then they were better. And it's like, were they really, you know, and I always ask that question, but man, we're going to get way off topic here. I say this in my seminars. I say this in my intros and my lectures, whatever we believe, whether trigger points are being obliterated, muscles are being, you know, lengthened or shortened or fascias being this, that, or the other thing. I say, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, that stuff doesn't matter. We're trying to bring good news to the human that's on our table. And here's the other part to that, that I, that I consider. What if that person on the table needs to hear that, needs to hear that made up story that I am lengthening your fascia and therefore it's going to put a balance to this and therefore, you know, balance this and all the way up and they need to hear that in order to get better. I get, I get hung up on that. Talk me off the ledge, Nate. You know, I get hung up on it too. So these conversations, like my no pain, no gain client, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him about like, let's, let's do some of this work together. You're here. We're a team. And if I'm the guy for you, great. And if I'm not, let's find you somebody that, that uh, does the type of work that you're you're looking for, you know, I want Nate Fay or Ben Stone or whoever you are to sort of, we want that to speak for itself. And when they come in the second session or the third session, they're feeling better. And they say to you, you know, Hey, I don't know what you did, but it was like something that nobody's ever done with me before. What did you do? And I like to ask for permission about, you know, sometimes, you know, throwing in too much education or almost feeling too over their heads with what you and I like to talk about. So I'll ask, you know, permission to have those conversations and if they're open to it, that way their eyes aren't glazing over and help them to see it a little bit more. Because at the end of the day, one thing that people do best, seemingly everybody's an expert in the world of pain and low back pain and manual therapy, right? The, the general low, lay person has low back pain. And what's the first thing they do? Ask a friend, they phone a friend or they post it on Facebook. And I'll talk about that. And everybody says, oh man, I, I iced it or I did this stretch or I did this exercise. And it per potentially perpetuates those problems. And I always like to say, hey, you know, you're, um, you sell retirement plans for a living. Why would I jump in and try to have those conversations with you or any of your colleagues? And not in a condescending way, but just in, a, just in an analogy of, I'm not going to try to be an expert in your field. Let the experts, if you will, be the expert. I don't even feel like an expert, by the way. <laughs> I think you're similar to me. We're, we're always learning. And why are we learning? Because for me, I feel like I need more, but I'm the expert at being Ben. You're the expert at being Nate and no one, no one can do that any better than you or I. And so people sure. are coming because of what you have and what you have right now is enough. But when you know better, you're going to do better. Part of what we do is we continually learn and find new ways to approach body work. And you know what, what we're talking about in five years is going to be, I know there's going to be something different. Heck, maybe two years. 
who knows? But the, the way we talk about things is going to continually evolve. And one thing that I, that I ran across, I want to share with you and get your thoughts on this, is an article, um, and I, I don't have the, the name of the person that wrote it, but I'm just going to read a couple of sentences out of it. And it talks about manual therapy and how it could be considered a form of multidimensional therapeutic touch that is oriented to somatotopically and emotion-topically to bring more comprehensive interpretation to the effects of touch in the central nervous system and the entire body. Um, because you think about it, it's human trait to when we bump our heads, we rub it. And right. that does something to change that level of pain. It modulates that pain, gets rid of it, does something. There's so many different levels of what we do as touch that I think the physical part, and we've talked about this before, is probably the least important. We're working with thoughts, emotions, feelings, all of those things beyond just physical touch. And we have to keep, we have to keep putting that stuff out there. Not enough people are talking about it. And I'm still seeing a lot of, you know, we're talking about myths tonight on episode 11. And, you know, every day I open up my Instagram or my Facebook page, you know, I just see a lot of, a lot of things being perpetuated, not only by our own colleagues, but uh, by other folks out there as well. And, you know, we're massage therapists and, um, you know, so we're talking about myths in our field and um, I'm not going to dive into it, but I, I will, I will say. I follow other fields, um, you know, and a lot of my colleagues in the chiropractic field, and the physical therapy field. And I love that sort of just like you and I and, and some other people in our field, I love to see that there's a whole new generation of chiropractors coming out and starting to dispel myths that have been perpetuated in the chiropractic field for the past 70, 80, 100 years at this point. And, uh, and a whole new generation of physical therapists coming out as well, you know, and really having these conversations that the three best exercises to, to fix your low back pain, that's a myth. Or cracking it out of you and the theory of subluxation is a myth. And I love that those folks in those industries are are starting to, to come out with that education as well. And it doesn't mean that those things aren't helpful. You know, the education part, it starts, it's got to start somewhere. How do you change the world? It starts with yourself. It just starts with us right here. This conversation, letting massage therapists know, hey, it's okay to change the way you, th you thought about things. Um, Absolutely. I've been wrong a lot of times and I'm, I'm okay. A lot of times, at least once or twice a week, I tell people, Hey, I don't know what's going on with you, but we're going to work together and see if we can't connect with something that makes it better. And if not, you know, I'm not going to force you to come back. Maybe, maybe you need another, you know, another therapist to work with you. I don't think there's been an episode that uh, every episode that we've had comes down to one thing. And it's, you know, the techniques are always going to be the techniques and it's just how we talk about it. We should maybe think about renaming this show to uh, Techniques Don't Matter with Ben and Nate. <laughs> I like it. That might that might upset some people out there. It probably would. No, we won't. We won't call it that. Well, this was a fun one tonight, Ben. Oh, man, you can tell when I start talking faster that I'm getting really passionate about things <laughs> that, you know, and I think about these things a lot. It's not just reading. It's not just um, uh, talking to you, but I will sit and, you know, just do thought experiments about about things yeah and uh and listen you know and i think another thing that we, we we've said in our past several episodes is you know like ben and i are doing grab a colleague and have these conversations they're good to have when you're in your own treatment room you know seeing clients and licking pain in between clients it's good to get out there and, and catch up with your colleagues how about this nate when we reach episode 20 20 
you and I are going to hold a live session where people can come in and have that conversation with us. Ooh. What do you think about that? You just uh, surprised me. Surprise me alert. Surprise me alert. <laughs> All right. Episode 20. We've got uh, nine more to get through before the big day. So look forward to that when we get to episode 20. I'm going to look forward to that. Chat live with Ben and Nate. Chat live. You know, maybe we can convince some, you know, some fun people to come in on that one too. Speaking of fun people, I spent a couple weekends ago with a friend of ours, James Wozlowski. Hey, James. How are you doing out there in internet land? Yeah. And you know what? James is a listener and he's a fan of the show. And he sent in his audition tape and he wanted to know how he could be a part of the show. So we're gonna air that audition piece right here. Trying to get on the Ben and Nate show. So this is my audition. I hope I make the cut. Man. I hope I make the cut. So the first thing you do is you go under and you stretch pec minor to free up the scapula from the rib cage. You drop back down, you go under the anterior deltoid, relax the capsule, stretch the capsule, relax the capsule, Stretch the capsule, find that acromium and drop that humeral head off the acromium to increase subacromial space and then let them see how free that shoulder is and I hope I made the cut. James is the well-loved uh, well-loved uh, personality in our industry and um, we're going to review his audition tape. We want you, the listener and viewer, to review and give us your feedback, whether uh, our good friend James Wozlowski should be part of the Ben and Nate. Review the audition tape and let us know what would be a good question for James to have as a guest on our show. Awesome. So what did we learn today in our little chat? I think my two big takeaways, I loved, I love that quote you brought out from Tom Myers. I'm going to steal that. That's a good one. And I liked the conversation about how we can talk to our clients. It's okay to talk to our clients about these things, asking permission. And I think it's also okay with, uh, you know, letting go of that client if that's what it comes down to and uh, making sure that they get the help that they need based off of their thoughts, feelings, and, and assumptions about uh, what massage and manual therapy can or cannot do. Yeah, well, I tell you what, I liked that you reminded me it's okay to be me. I don't have to be the guy that has the, all the black and white answers and this means this and therefore we're going to do this. And, and since I did this test that that means this and, you know, it's okay to be, uh, to be Ben and approach it that way. Cause that's what people want at the end of the day. They want to get good body work from you. That's right. As my good friend Kim says, that's right. That's right. Hey everybody. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Ben and Nate's questions that we ask people on the internet. And how can people find us out there? Just go to our Facebook page called Ben and Nate's Questions that we ask people on the internet. Find out the question of the week and interact with us and let us know what you think and submit your own questions. Where else can they listen to us at, Nate? You can watch us on YouTube if you want to watch our episodes. You can also uh, tune into one of your favorite streaming services such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for watching. See you next time.